Leverage, the power to influence a person or situation to achieve a particular outcome. Use something to maximum advantage. Everything is a gift from God. So what would it look like if we all leveraged our love, influence, time, and finances for maximum advantage? God is calling you right now to leverage all that you have so that someone may too have all that he gives. Wow, welcome. So good to be with you today, wherever you are, driving, if you're at home, you're at work right now. Uh, just excited to, to be a part of sharing uh, this message and the series that we're on. My name is Josh Dotzler, and it is an honor to be with you right now. We're kicking off this series called Leverage. Now I want you to just take a minute. I love a little interaction. Look to somebody next to you, maybe to your dog, maybe to your pillow. If you're driving, keep your eyes on the road. But I want you to say leverage, leverage. I, I love this, this word leverage. It's this idea of uh, using things for exertion to maximize our ability to, to move things or shift things. Leverage allows us to do things that many times we otherwise wouldn't uh, be able to do on our own. I used to play college basketball and I love that uh, right now I'm, I'm standing in a gymnasium. I've got the hoop behind me. I'm here on the court. I feel very comfortable. This is an environment that I've spent a lot of time in. And when I played college basketball at Creighton University, uh, right here in Omaha, Nebraska, our coach used to yell a lot of different things at us. And he, he would yell a lot of things that I probably can't say here uh, on the camera. But one of the things that he would constantly uh, yell out to us was, lower your base. He, he would tell us, and uh, if he would see us, not getting very low, he, he would yell at us and he would say, I want you to lower your base. And, and then if he didn't feel like we were listening to him, he would come right next to us and, and he would give us a, a picture of what uh, he was talking about. And, and he would get low and he would get in this stance and he would bend his knees and, and he'd yell out, bend your knees, bend your knees, lower your base. And then after he would get low, he would start to push us and move us around and he was showing us that when we would get low and we would widen our stance and, and, and we would uh, bend our knees, that we had the ability to move faster and quicker and jump higher. We had leverage uh, based on the person that we were playing against. Leverage allows us to do things, to move things, to move people. Leverage allows us to do things that many times we wouldn't otherwise be able to do. I, I wrote down this definition of leverage, it's an intentional act for exponential impact. An intentional act for exponential impact. That, that's what we're talking about in this series on leverage. We're talking about doing things. We're talking about living intentionally because we know God has called us to see exponential impact. And so I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you 
as we talk about leverage and, and today specifically as we talk about leveraging our love I want to encourage you to to be intentional to tune in to invite God to to speak to you to challenge you so that all of us can can be more intentional so we can experience the exponential impact that I believe God has for every single one of us we're kicking it off by talking about leveraging our love how many uh, people know now more than ever we need love with uh, the the political realities and coming off of voting and 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 the the challenges with racial discrimination and the tension that is in many of our cities and around the world with the COVID-19 pandemic we need to leverage love now more than ever and Jesus talks about the power of love all throughout scripture Love is one of the key themes, and we're going to look at a passage today in Luke chapter 10, verse 25. And, and it talks about what's most important to the heart of God. And Jesus uh, boils down all the, the laws of the prophets and, 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 and takes all the, the things that were important in that day and boils it down to what was most important. And this is a very famous passage in Scripture. Many of us know it. Now, I want to encourage us as we listen to it. I want us to not only know it and understand it, but we want to leverage it. We want to leverage this idea of love. And this is what it says in Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 25. It says, one day an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Now, just uh, to pause for a second. This expert in religious law was trying to trick Jesus. They were trying to uh, catch Jesus uh, to say the wrong thing. They were trying to stump Jesus and, and try to get him to, to slip up on his words so that they could punish Jesus. And this expert knew all the laws. And, and he's trying to ask Jesus a question to get Jesus to say the wrong thing. And just a little side note, Never try to question Jesus. But this religious uh, leader, this expert in the law tries to, and, and he says, teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Such a powerful question. Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? And how do you read it? Verse 26, it says, or verse 27, it says, the man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. And you must love your neighbor as you love yourself. I love this, these verses because the religious leader was trying to trick Jesus, and Jesus asked the question back to the religious leader, and, and we see very clearly that the religious leader knew the right answer. He says to love the Lord your God with everything you have, and to love your neighbor as you love yourself. He, he understood what was most important to the heart of God. But as the verses go on, we see Jesus say, right. He says, do this and you will live. But the Bible says in verse 29, the man wanted to justify his actions. In other words, he knew the right answer but he wasn't willing to live the right way. 
people in that day knew that to, to, to love your neighbor as you loved yourself, to love your neighbor didn't just mean to love people that were uh, like you or to love yourself didn't just mean to love people who were like you. To love your neighbor meant to love people who were different than you, people who believe differently than you, people who look differently than you, people who are different. Many times it's easy to love people who are like us, but in this, this passage, we understand that to love our neighbor means to love people who are different. And so this religious leader, even though he knew the right answer, the Bible says that he wanted to justify his actions. There's 18 inches from the, the head to the heart. And how many uh, of us know that we can know the right thing, but doing the right thing is so much more challenging. The man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus this question, who is my neighbor? And Jesus goes on to tell the story of the Good Samaritan. And the story of the, the Good Samaritan says that there was a Jewish man who was traveling and these bandits come and they beat him up and they leave him on the ground for dead. And, and while he's lying on the ground for dead, the story says that by chance a priest comes by. And, and a priest, similar to this religious leader, was somebody who, who knew and understood the scriptures. And so this, this priest comes by and the Bible says that he sees the, the, the man laying on the ground and he decides to walk around him. Then we see that after the, the priest comes by, a temple assistant comes by, a Levite. And the scripture says that he sees the man lying on the ground and, and he, he sees him bruised and bloodied and, and laying there. And the, the scripture says that he walks around to the other side. And then we see in verse 33, it says, Then a despised Samaritan. Samaritans and Jews didn't get along very well. Samaritans and Jews uh, were known as uh, people who were feuding with each other. And so to the Jew, the Samaritan was despised. In this scripture, we, we see what it really means to love our neighbor and to leverage our love. Scripture says that a despised Samaritan came along and when he saw the man, he felt compassion. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. Then next, the next day, he handed the innkeeper some silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay for it the next time I come. We see the ultimate picture of what it looks like to leverage love. Jesus goes on and tells the religious leader. He asks him, he says, who, who was the good neighbor? Who really represented this idea of love? And then Jesus says, hey, I want you to go and do the same thing. In this passage, in this text, we get a picture of what it looks like for us to, to leverage our love. I want to point out a couple things that, that I see. Number one, if we're going to leverage our love, it's going to require that we live with compassion. The Bible says that when the, the Samaritan saw the man on the ground, he had compassion. His heart went out to him. He saw someone who was hurting and who was in need. And, and we don't know why 
the priest and the Levite walked by or walked to the other side. But we see that this good Samaritan was filled with compassion. Compassion ultimately causes us to move towards action. I love uh, um, the opposite of what compassion is. The opposite of compassion isn't hate. The opposite of compassion is indifference. Think about that. Indifference. When we look at something or when we look at somebody, we might not be against them, but does our heart go out towards them? In this story, we see compassion cause the Samaritan's heart to go out towards the individual that he saw. I grew up in a a pretty intense environment in an inner city context in, in Omaha, Nebraska, and saw and experienced a lot of crime and a lot of violence. And growing up in this context, I, I looked at a lot of people as the problem. And I would, I would look at them for many of the challenges I experienced in our house getting shot at, things getting stolen, living in a, a, a sense of having fear all the time. And, and I would look at people and and I would judge them. And uh, recently, I had an experience. And I've had these types of experiences now for the last 10 years since I moved back to this community. But I saw a young man that looked familiar, looked like a kid we had worked with in the past. And he was in handcuffs. And he was sitting on the side of a bench by a house. And I saw a police officer standing next to him. And I went over to the house and because this kid looked familiar, I wanted to see if it was the young person that I knew. And so I went over there, and when I got close, I could tell that it was the young person that I, I recognized and knew. And he was sitting there, and the police officer was standing next to him, and I started to ask the police officer about his story. And the police officer started to tell me that he has three daughters, and uh, he's still working because he's paying for his daughters to finish up their education in college. And that his youngest daughter, who's 23 years old, is living with uh, he and his wife at their house. And I'll never forget the 23-year-old kid who is in handcuffs and is sitting there, who's African-American, looks up at this police officer. And he said, man, I, I wish I had a place to stay, a home to go to. He said, I, I wish I had parents who cared enough for me that were willing to pay off my school. He said, I've been on my own since I was 13 years old. And to see the gap between where this police officer is and where this young 23-year-old boy is, and he was probably getting ready to go back to jail for uh, disrupting his parole. Since he was uh, 13 years old, he's been living on his own. He talked about how he had to uh, find different buses to try to get to school and he would show up at school and because he didn't have a home to go to he'd wear the same clothes and he didn't smell very good and kids started to pick on him and treat him badly and he started to get in fights and started to get into trouble and his life's been spiraling out of control since he was 13 years old with nobody to love on him now he's got five children can you imagine where those five children are going to end up if something doesn't change in his life. I look at this young African-American and I look at his life and one of the things that I've recognized that God has used to fill me with compassion 
is he's not just a product of his own decisions. He's a product of decisions that have been made by other people. Systems and structures that have been set up. Parents or a lack of parents who have made bad decisions. His life is a result of choices other people have made. And when I really understand his story and I really understand the challenges that he's had to overcome to even get to where he's at today, my heart goes out to him and I'm filled with compassion. I wonder if his story represents the stories of so many people. And if I'm not careful, it's easy to judge from a distance. It's easy to throw rocks from a distance. But when I understand somebody's story, I'm filled with compassion. In a season where there's so much tension and challenge, racial, political, What if we took the time to understand somebody's story? Somebody who was different than us. I guarantee God will use that to to fill us with compassion. And so in this story of the Good Samaritan, we see, number one, if we're going to leverage love, we've got to live with great compassion. Number two, if we're going to leverage love, we've got to be willing to sacrifice This word and this idea of sacrifice is all throughout this story. This Samaritan was willing to allow uh, his, his, his plans to be disrupted. He was willing to put aside those things he was going to do to help this person who was in need. Again, we, we don't know why the, the priest and the Levite didn't start. They probably had good reason to go do what they were doing. But the Samaritan was willing to stop to allow his plans to be disrupted. He was willing to get messy and get dirty and engage with this person who was hurting and who was bloodied and who was bruised. He was uh, willing to sacrifice his resources and take uh, this individual to an inn where he could get help and then he committed to help pay for whatever it would cost. We see that if we're going to leverage our love, it's going to cost us something. There's going to be a great sacrifice. Jesus said, There's no greater love than to lay down our lives for a friend. Love always requires sacrifice. Ultimately, Jesus made the greatest sacrifice in in giving his life and leaving the, the comforts of heaven to live out his calling on earth. He he left his uh, godly authority and he put on this human identity because he knew he knew the sacrifice that he was getting ready to pay but he knew that we were worth it come on love it causes us to be willing to sacrifice those things that we want sacrifice our time sacrifice our 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 energy sacrifice our resources so other people can experience the goodness of jesus It's not easy, but it's always worth it. I talked about earlier leveraging and getting in this this stance and our coach would make us stand in this stance and we would stand it until our our knees started to shake and we couldn't hold it any longer. And he'd say, hold it just a little longer, hold it just a little longer. Because he knew that if we could build that muscle, if we could endure the pain, the impact that it would have on our ability to perform 
would be exponential. If we're going to leverage love, it starts first and foremost by allowing God to fill us with compassion. Number two, we've got to be willing to sacrifice those things we're holding on to. We've got to be willing to let them go so God can use us to impact other people's lives. And then number three, in this story, I see the Samaritan live regardless. He lived regardless. See, it would have made sense for the priest and the Levite to help this Jew who was down. But for the Samaritan to come, I love the story starts off and he's known as the despised Samaritan. But at the end of the story, he's known as the good Samaritan. It didn't make sense for the Samaritan to engage the Jew who was on the ground because of what culture would have said about him, what others would have thought about him. But he was willing to step in regardless of what people would say, regardless of what it would cost him. And I just believe in a world where uh, many of us are familiar with the golden rule, The golden rule says, do for others what you want them to do for you. The golden rule is amazing. If we could live out the golden rule, oh my goodness, our world would be different. But sometimes living out the golden rule, do for others what you want them to do for you, says, I want to treat you this way because I'm expecting you to treat me a certain way. I believe in this text, we see a different rule. It's a rule I call the game changers rule. The game changer rule says, Do for others regardless of what they'll do for you. If we can live regardless, if we can love people, if we can express compassion, if we can sacrifice for other people regardless of what they could ever do for us. Wow. Oh my goodness. Our world will be different. It's the power of of leveraging love. Ultimately, love is willing to lay down what I want lay down my desires so other people can experience what God has for them. Ultimately, love is willing to leverage our time, our influences, our resources, our relationships, because we know it's not about us. It's about what God wants to do in and through us. As we leverage our love, we're gonna be intentional so we can see exponential impact happen. I want to encourage you today as you listen, as you learn, God's going to give us opportunities. Let's be intentional so that we can see God do exponential work. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you, Lord, that we get the opportunity to leverage what's most important to your heart, this idea of love. God, would we allow you to fill us with compassion Lord, would we be willing to let go and sacrifice those things we're holding on to? And God, would we live regardless, regardless of what others might think or say, we're going to step out and use what we have so others can experience who you are. In Jesus' name, amen.